Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. My goodness, my goodness. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Andrew. Dr. Bickers, thank you. Friends, I invite you to pray with me, please, this day. Let's pray together. So, O Lord, speak, for your servants are listening. God's people say, Amen. So we continue in this sermon series from the book of James. Friends, this is the second chapter, the 14th through the 17th verses. These are the verses that get James in trouble. A number of you already know this, that it was the third century before the church confirmed that James belongs in the New Testament. And then it was in the Reformation period when even more so James as a book in the Bible was contested. Martin Luther, the reformer, hated the book of James and he hated it mostly for the verse we are about to read. So listen for the word of God for us this day. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So, faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. And then a paraphrase printed in your bulletin. So turn there, if you would, please, and look at this with me. This is the message paraphrase by Gene Peterson. We talked about this last week, remember? So we did just a reading I gave to you a moment ago from the New Revised Standard Version, a translation. Translation means scholars did what? Uh, Exactly. They went to the original text in three languages, much as possible in three languages. What are they? Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. Well done. Also Syriac, called Syriac, right? So a translation is Bible scholars are doing their very best work out of original documents. They're looking at um, clippings, pieces of fragments of papyrus, right? They're trying to figure out as early as possible, is this the actual word? A paraphrase is someone who makes no claim going to the Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic, but just looks at the translation and tries to put the language in contemporary, understandable, everyday words. And that's this paraphrase called the message by Gene Peterson. If you would read that with me, please, in unison. Dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half-starved and say, Good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup? 
Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Thanks be to God. Amen? Amen. So a number of you know that for 15 years prior to my coming here and joining you in Village Presbyterian Church, I lived in Atlanta, Georgia, where I taught on the faculty of Columbia Seminary. For 15 years, as much as I could avoid it, I had to drive in Atlanta traffic. So when I moved here and encountered a number of you saying, oh, traffic today was so bad, I would look at you and smirk (laughs) and think, my goodness, you people are traffic wimps. I'm serious. Because you haven't seen anything, right? Um, In Atlanta, you had to decide that you were going to merge into traffic because no one was going to slow down for you. So I will tell you this. I was confused the first time I was trying to get onto I-35. I'm pulling in, and there is a person in that first lane right there, and I'm thinking, fine. And so I start slowing down, try to get behind them, and they're slowing down. I'm slowing down, they're slowing down, I am thinking bad things about their heritage. And then I realized in this moment, oh my goodness, they were slowing down, why? To let me in! I'm thinking, what is wrong with you? This is contested space. You cannot be kind and polite. There's no such thing as Midwestern nice. Oh, by golly, there is. I love that. So, I know of you know that since November, I have been serving also as our site pastor, interim site pastor at Village on Antioch, which I love. It's a privilege and an honor to be with amazing, amazing people. That's right, I'm talking about you, VOA. I truly am. Amazing people there. But that means a whole change in my life. It means suddenly now I'm commuting. I'm getting onto I-35 and going onto Highway 69. I haven't done that in years because I live about a mile and a half away from Village on Mission. I get to walk here a number of days, but I drive. My commute's five minutes. It's just really easy. Suddenly now I'm driving like many of you do every single day. So two weeks ago. I'm on I-35, gone on at Shawnee Mission. I'm going southbound. On that right lane, pretty much I can just stay there because that eventually takes me to the off-ramp that gets on to Highway 69. I go 69 all the way to 151st Street, get off, and there's Village on Antioch right there. It's perfect. So I'm in the right lane, and the turnoff for Highway 69, two lanes, is coming up, and I see a car zoom up on my left side. Well, the car is signaling right. Obviously, they were raised properly. They're signaling right. And so I, now that I live here, I do what? I slow down because I love Jesus, right? To let them in, okay? Obviously, the driver didn't want to get in front of me. The driver sees another car in front of me and speeds up and at the last minute cuts in in front of that car. And I'm thinking, okay, obviously, you wanted to get faster wherever you're trying to go. Well, cut in so tight that it made the car in front of me break, and then (gasps) he honked. I'm like, oh dear, this is not Midwestern nice. (laughs) And he kept on honking, and then he cut into the right lane, zoomed around, and then cut off the car that had just cut him off, okay? And so, so 
I'm, I'm an Asian American. I am conflict avoidance. So I'm like, ha ha, ha ha, road rage, 7.40 in the morning here on I-35, right? And then the car that he just cut off zooms around him. This is like we're in kindergarten, right? No cutsies. If you cut in front of me, I'm going to cut in front of you. I'm like, please, please, come on. And as he's passing the car that now just passed him, he makes the effort to roll down his window, right? And he sticks his arm out and gestures in a not kind way to the car that he just passed. And that's when I saw it. On the back of his car is one of those little Jesus ichthus symbols. And I thought, no wonder! No wonder people look at Christians and say, oh, those people. No wonder, buddy, that's not helping the witness. Come on. And I thought about that bumper sticker some of you have seen, right, that says, I love Jesus. It's his people I can't stand. (laughs) So James says to us, you know, what is it with you Christians? Don't you understand Actions matter. We talked last week about listening matters. Today, we're talking about actions matter. There is truth to that aphorism, actions speak. Absolutely. Whether you like it or not, actions speak louder than words. In this day and age, when there's words all around us, oh, you know this, you know this, when, whenever a Peanuts cartoon comes on and an adult starts talking, how does the adult sound? Very good. That's a little unnerving, but very good. I think in these days, words can be rah, 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 but actions speak louder than words. So we're talking about the power of actions in our day. We're talking about what it means to actually do the faithful things. Tom has this phrase that I love. Tom says this often, do the good that is yours to do. Just do the good that is yours to do. The Holy Spirit puts in front of you good to do. Just do that good. Don't worry about everything else. Just do the good that is yours to do because actions speak louder than words. Words are important. We'll talk about that next week. But right now, in this day and age, I think people are looking for faithful followers of Jesus Christ who act like it actually do faithful things, and then people take notice, and the words will come. Actions speak louder than words. One of my favorite theologians, John Westerhoff, says that faith actually is a verb. Faith is not really a noun. I know it is, but he makes the point that faith is not something you have or possess as much as faith is something that you do. He argues we should be talking about, so how is your faithing this week? Did you faith a lot today or did you faith a little? He wants to use faith as a verb because Westerhoff says, faith is something you do. And if you don't do faith, then what good is it, James says. So we're on the verge of school starting this week for KCK... Shawnee Mission, Olathe, Blue Valley starts next week. 
When I was out of college, my first calling was to teach seventh grade English and social studies, called the core classes, at a junior high school in the Seattle area. Before the school year began, we had our teacher in service days, and our building principal put before us some research. And the research indicated that the experience of the student on the first day sets that student on a trajectory for the rest of the year. And she turned to us as teachers and said, "It is our job to make sure every student has the best possible first day of school." We all nodded, agreed, "Yes, that's our job." So I was teaching school on that first day. Second period hit, and I noticed right away a little guy dragging his backpack on the floor, literally into my room. He chose the row of desks on the wall side, shoved his backpack underneath his desk, sat down, and leaned against the wall. Little blonde hair, blue-eyed kid. Turning different shades of green, not pretty. So students were still coming in. I went and knelt down next to him. I said to him, "Hello, my name is Mr. Nishioka." And he said, "I know who you are." <laughs> I showed him my class list and said, "Tell me who you are." And he looked at the list and he pointed. Slater. Comma Ryan D. I said Slater, comma Ryan D. Good to meet you. I'm sorry, Slater, comma Ryan D. But you don't look very good. How do you feel? He said, I feel terrible. I said, I thought so. I'm going to send you to the nurse's office. Get your backpack. Let's go out into the hallway. So Slater, comma Ryan D gets up with me, drags his backpack into the hallway, and I said, "Okay, Ryan, we are in the 700 building. You have to go through the 600 building and the 500 building, turn left, and you'll get to the 000. But that's the administration building. You'll find our nurse there. She'll take care of you." And he said, "Okay." Dragged his book bag down the hall. Went back to my classroom and I called and said,、um, "I'm sending a student down to the nurse." And the staff person said, "Already? It's second period." I said, "I know. The kid's sick." Taught for three more hours. Lunch break hits. I run down to the administration building. The teachers' boxes are right here. Exact opposite is the entrance to the nurse's office. I pull my stuff out of my teacher's box. I glance back and I see Slater, comma Ryan D, sitting there in the nurse's office. Three hours after I sent him down, I step into the nurse's office and I see the nurse, Thema Northrup. Great nurse name. And I said,、um, "Mrs. Northrup, can I see you for a moment?" And she says, "Sure." And she gets up, steps out into the hall, closes the door behind her. And says, "What can I do for you, Mr. Nishioka?" And I said, "Thema, I sent that student to you three hours ago. Why is he still here?" And her face fell, and she said, "You are not going to like this story." She explained to me that Ryan and his little sister and mom and dad had been through a divorce earlier in the summer. He was living now with his mom and little sister, but she was gone this week on a business trip, so he was staying with his next door neighbor. But he didn't know her last name or her phone number. There was nobody else 
that she can get a hold of. She tried his dad and his dad's office several times, but his assistant said he could not be bothered. He's in a very, very important meeting, even for a sick kid. So Thamus said, Mr. Nishioka, I think the best we can do is have him just sit here for four more hours. He gets on the bus and then he can go home. So I opened the door and walked into her office and sat down next to Slater, Ryan D. and I nudged him. His eyes were closed. I nudged him gently and he opened his eyes and I said, Hi, Ryan. This is Mr. Nishioka. He said, I still know who you are. <laughs> I said, Ryan, I'm really sorry you're still here, but we can't get a hold of anyone, a responsible adult, to take you home. Can you think of anybody? And he said, no, but that's okay, because I'm all alone anyway. And these tears, he's down his little face. I'm like, okay, fine, shall I adopt the kid? What do you want, God? Really fine, this is ridiculous, come on. I get up, give him a hug, go back to teach the rest of the day. After school is out, first day is done, I head back to the administration building. I glance back in Thema's office, no Slater, Ryan D. No Thema Northrup. I come out of her office and I almost run into her and she's coming into her office and I said, Thema, what happened to Slater, Ryan D? And she smiles and says, Mr. Nishioka, you're going to like this story. Thema, what happened? She said, soon after you left, I turned to Ryan again and said, Ryan, can you not think of anybody we can call? And he said, no one. Started to cry again. Then under his breath, a few moments later, he said, well, maybe there is somebody. Thema turned to him and said, who? Tell me whom. He said, her name is Becky, but I don't know her last name either. Thema said, well, who's Becky? Ryan Slater said, Becky is my Sunday school teacher. Thema said, where do you go to church? Ryan said, University Place Presbyterian Church. Thema called the church, got the pastor, explained who she was, talked about Ryan. Pastor gave Thema Becky's contact information. She was a realtor in the area. Thema called and got Becky's office. They transferred her to Becky's phone. Becky answered and said, yeah, how can I help you? She explained who she was. Becky said, oh, yeah, I know, yeah, Ryan, of course, and I know the mom's out of town this week, right, on a business trip? Yeah, well, this is what's happening. Becky said, I'll be there 15, 20 minutes tops. She cleared her afternoon. Thamus said, Mr. Nishioka, I wish you could have seen his face when this loud woman came swooping into my office with a comforter over her left arm. And she said, oh, right, oh my gosh, Ryan, you look terrible. What is wrong with you? And she swooped him up in her arms and gave him a huge hug. Famous said, Mr. Nishioka, Slater, Ryan D., he was doing his best to smile as that woman dragged him out of my office. I had to run after her and say, ma'am, ma'am, I'm sorry, you, you have got to fill out some forms. You just can't take a kid. Then she turned to me and said, Mr. Nishioka, that woman saved Ryan Slater's seventh grade career.
And I said to Thema, because she is a follower like you and me, I said, Thema, that woman was the embodiment of Jesus Christ. Actions matter. Doing the faith it matters. We live in a day and an age, I'm convinced, when people are looking for faithful people to do amazing things, simple things, because it helps transform lives. Our Jewish sisters and brothers from the Talmud have this marvelous saying, this beautiful wisdom, you save one life, it is as if you save the whole world. Friends, listening matters. Actions matter. Holy wisdom from the book of James. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.